Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back into the Believe in Cal podcast. I am your host, Adam Eaton, and as always, my good friend Jeff MacArthur, uh, Cal Bear Hall of Famer, joins me this week. Jeff, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Just uh, you know, a little worried about our Bears, but I think we'll pull through. Well, you know who else pulls through, Jeff, is uh, Believe, the podcast network. They always pull through. They, they pull through for the fans because they are the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. It's actually the only place with a show for every team in the Bay and more. They believe in our teams. We believe in our teams. Do you believe in your team? And this show, we will believe in what uh, what Cal's put forth this season. So we'll kind of do a bit of a, a midseason recap, Jeff, and uh, maybe what needs to change or what needs to not change moving forward. But let's talk about the last two weeks. Uh, a couple of tough ones for the Bears. Uh, Arizona State's uh, loss at home and then uh, went up to Autzen and uh, lost a heartbreaker to Oregon. So let's, let's start there. Any surprises um, from your standpoint on losing uh, the last two games? Anything that you know, maybe caught you off guard or, you know, based on what you saw, um, did you think that's kind of what, uh, what was expected? Uh, to be honest, I, I honestly, I thought we had that Arizona state game and, uh, losing your starting quarterback is never an easy, easy thing to overcome. But, uh, I really thought that, that we had that game in the bag and, um, just with a couple mishaps here and there, we weren't able to seal the deal. So that one was, a, it wasn't a surprise, but it was a letdown, so to speak. And, and with the Oregon lost, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if we were to knock off Oregon, we'd have to do everything right. And, and we didn't do everything right. We also had some injuries and, you know, just some things that set us back. So uh, all in all, I think we're in a good situation to to, to, to run the table, so to speak. And um, it's just going to come down to, to playing error free football. Well, you said that the I word, you said injuries. And uh, the probably the biggest one, of course, was Chase Garbers goes down uh, in the game uh, against Arizona State. And that uh, sounds like he's out uh, indefinitely. Maybe there's a chance he comes back at some point in the in the year. So I guess first uh, first thoughts that went through your head uh, when you saw Chase go down and saw him holding that shoulder. Um, I hope he comes back soon. You know, it's it's one of those things where he was playing his best football at that time. And um, as a Cal fan, I, I, for our team, I want him out there, and, and we need him out there. But also. You know, personally, I can understand it and relate to what he's going through. Just, you know, playing your best ball and all of a sudden you get an injury that takes you out. Uh, it's not fun. How do you think the team uh, is, you know, going to kind of gel going forward? Obviously, you know, it's it's next man up. That's the old cliche. Um, but how, how does an injury um, to your starting quarterback impact the team, um, I guess, in the last two weeks? And, and what do you think that means for going forward for the rest of the season? It sucks. It hurts. It's one of those things that uh, nobody wants to deal with or go through. So uh, I know that they'll be saying all the right things. I know that Coach Wilcox is going to uh, pound in their head that it's next man up and all that stuff. But naturally, uh, you're going to have some doubts and concerns, and uh, rightfully so. I mean, you look at your starting quarterback, he takes majority of the reps at practice, and uh, so now your backup is going in with less reps and, and asked to do the same thing. Um, that's a tall order, so – you know, it's, it's frustrating, but at the same time, we just got to go in and, and keep working. All right, let's head back to Arizona State. Uh, so 24-17 loss uh, at home. A lot of hype going to that game, a lot of energy going to that game. Cal obviously was ranked unde- uh, undefeated at that point in time. Um, you know, and, and the 
the Garber's injury, of course, was was a big key. What what did you see from that game? What did you take away that you that you kind of liked from uh, from what you saw, and, and what concerned you as you think back to the Arizona State contest? Uh, the things I liked were naturally uh, we were uh, Chase was nine of twelve for a hundred and some yards and a touchdown uh, before his injury. So uh, for me, I was I couldn't be more excited for Cal football in the direction we were going. Uh, the thing that kind of was uncharacteristic of our team was just the missed tackles and uh, on defense, we seemed to give up a lot on the ground and um, it just didn't look like our normal unit. So uh, those missed tackles and things like that were really, really uh, concerning for me. Well, you mentioned, I mean, those three incompletions, I, I believe most of those, I think they were all drops if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, so Chase was certainly kind of dialed, uh, dialed in there early on. Um, you know, I wrote the same thing down from a, you know, from an opportunity standpoint, it seemed like the run defense was a little susceptible to runs, particularly kind of up the middle. Um, and, uh, you know, in Arizona state with a, with a mobile quarterback, a young quarterback, um, you know, took advantage of that from a defensive standpoint, which, which you don't expect to, to see, uh, from a Cal team, a veteran team that, that, as you mentioned, just didn't seem like they were themselves. Uh, did anything stand out to you as to maybe why that was, was it, you know, maybe just overhyped for the game, anything that, you know, kind of stood out to you on, on what may have caused that, uh, you know, that, that challenge coming into Arizona state. I, to be honest, I'm puzzled by it. Uh, and, and I don't like it. I, I like to have answers and I like to come back with solutions and um, I, I didn't quite understand it, but, but uh, I think we did a better job against Oregon. And um, so I'm happy about that. Well, what, a, what did you take away from monsters performance? Again, that that's gotta be pretty tough. You're coming in cold off the bench. You know, I think he'd played one play all season prior to that. Um, what do you think of his performance? Um, you know, they were still in the game, right? It wasn't like all of a sudden it was a runaway and, and Monster wasn't able to keep up. Now, you know, he probably wasn't as sharp as he would have wanted to be. But what did you take away from his performance against uh, Arizona State? Well, that, that's the, the first thing I would have said is um, that I know that he could have done better. And I, I think that everybody believes that we wanted him to do better. And I think he knows that. But, um, you know, with limited reps and not being as prepared as a, as a starting quarterback, like you never know when somebody's going to go down. Um, but at the same time, how you break up your, your reps during that week is you're going to have the, the starter take majority of the reps and the backup is going to have a limited amount. So uh, I will, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't prepared enough to go into that game and win it. Um, he would have been, if we were winning the game and he would have had to go in and just be a game manager, I think it would have been a different story. But having him go in there in that environment and try to come back and, and be a, a come from behind guy, uh, that was a tall order for him. Well, so you're, you're a play caller now. Um, what does that do to you as a play caller when you you lose your starting quarterback? Do you do you shrink the playbook? Do you you know do you look at the play sheet you had called for the other guy and try to figure out okay what is what does this guy do re- do really well, or do you stick with your play calls and your your plan and just say hey you know this guy just has to execute it? How does that impact you as a play caller and and maybe what what Bo Baldwin went through um, on uh, on that night against Arizona State? I would I would definitely dial it down and make sure that I, I uh, run plays that I know that that my quarterback is capable of doing and that that fit his his um, his uh, his ability. So uh, you're going to have to make sure you call the right plays for him. The same plays that you would call for Chase, you might not call for Monster, and that puts a lot of pressure on the coordinator to be right and um, and not allow his kid to go out there and make any mistakes and, and hurt the program. So um, it's definitely not easy for Bo Baldwin. But at the same time, um, it happens, and we have to deal with it. Do you, do you have like as a as a play caller, like even even now for you, do you have like a 
a list of plays that you know your backup runs really well and, and maybe they're not in your your normal play sheet but if something happens that you kind of know to go to them or or is to your point do you just kind of look at what you have and figure out what you think that that guy can do best for you 100 percent that i i guarantee you i know the plays that my backup does well and i make sure to stick to that script um the more that I try to do what I want to do or what's best for the team, if I if I negate and don't think about or consider uh, that quarterback, then I'm being selfish as a, as a play caller. So we have to adapt to to our players' ability, and and that's what makes the, the good coaches great. Well, uh, overall, again, to your point, just just wasn't quite enough to to get it done on that night, and uh, and that's a tough one because you know the momentum around the program was was certainly um, building and was strong, ranked uh, ranked opponent. Um, you know, pretty, pretty full house that, uh, that night and, uh, and a lot of positive momentum and, and it kind of, kind of all, you know, fizzled away at that point. Um, but you know, certainly I'm sure it's frustrating for the fans and, and, uh, and, and the players too. It just seems like a momentum swing had gone that way. And then, you know, uh, all of a sudden you put up one bad performance, but that's kind of what, that's kind of what college football is about. Um, but next week you always have a chance to rebound. And so Cal had that same opportunity. Uh, this one was always going to be tough. I think it's probably one that was circled on the calendar from the get-go. Uh, a trip up to Autzen Stadium is always a bit of a challenge. Um, but in, in this case, Monster had a full week to prepare. And uh, and obviously Bo Baldwin had a full week to, to get him ready, get him reps. What, what if anything, did you see different from... Um, from Monster in uh, from game one to game two, now that he had that full week of preparation and he had time to to really kind of learn and, and sit with Bo Baldwin and, and get a get a good game plan in order. Uh, it seemed like they were they were being pretty conservative when it came to to uh, the reads. It felt like the reads were one sided, meaning he wouldn't have to go through a full progression. He could go to one side and and, uh, you know, whether it was a high low or what have you. Uh, he could stick to one side and, and, and get the ball out um, in, in good timing. So uh, I thought we did a good job with that, just isolating the reads and making sure that it was it was something that he was comfortable with. Um, so, you know, all in all, I think we did a great job. We just we, we couldn't make enough big plays uh, to 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 beat a team like Oregon. And you need big plays to win against them. Defensively, uh, you know, more of a cow like performance, I guess, this this uh you know, this game, I mean, even after the first quarter, I mean, that we were we were on the plus side of the turnover margin. Um, you know, Herbert had necess- hadn't necessarily had any success. I think he had like 25, 28 yards passing in that first quarter. Um, so defensively, it looked like the, the team came to play, um, but just offensively, it looked like we, we just couldn't get a spark going. What did you like what you, uh, from what you saw on the defense um, during that uh, during that first half, you know, even even into the second half? Well, I mean, to, to frustrate a quarterback uh, like Oregon's quarterback, to me, that that's extremely impressive. And we've seen we've seemed to be able to do that uh, week in and week out. So I'm really proud and happy about that uh, because he had a lot of hype coming into the game. He hadn't thrown any interceptions. We got the first pick. So um, I thought we did an excellent job against against a really good offense and uh, managing that game and giving ourselves a chance to win the game. Yeah, Ashton Davis had a had a sweet pick uh, there in the in the first quarter as well. You know, and and oh, yeah. and uh, Coin Dang had a uh, I think had a fumble recovery. I mean, it seemed like the defense was, was certainly clicking, um, and you know it was kind of there for the taking. But I wanted to go back to to one play in that game in particular, um, and just kind of walk me through what you saw and sort of as a as a as a player as a coach your reaction. Uh, and so it's it's fourth and two. And uh, and Cal's lining up for a field goal that would have brought the brought it to a one possession score, and uh, and we get a false start penalty. 
that backs it up to a 46 yard field goal. And unfortunately that, uh, that kick was missed. Um, how important was that penalty? Um, and, and how crucial do you think that was uh, as you think about the, how the game ended up? Well, given, given our situation and circumstance, uh, that was, that was vital. That was important. And, uh, you need all the points you can get when you're going against a team like that. So for us to not get those points and, uh, it was a momentum killer and, um, and it's unfortunate too because the offensive line, God bless them, but uh, they've had so much adversity this year, and uh, it just doesn't seem to stop. It's more and more adversity, and and um, you know it's it's just unfair and unfortunate. But at the same time, people deal with it, and you've just got to you know you've got to roll with the punches, and and that I think that dictates to really good teams is, is depth and, and being able to go in there and keep the offense rolling. How does a team you know how how does a team practice for that kind of stuff? You know, penalties, obviously, particularly some of those concentration type penalties throughout the week. How, how is that practice? How is that kind of preached to the to the team? That seems like something that, you know, is, is pretty, um, you know, pretty, I'm going to say easy, but you understand what the what the error is. How, how do coaches kind of work on that throughout the week? Well, it's it's one thing to, to do those things and, and do them uh, at home when you have home field advantage. And it's another thing to do them in, in Austin Stadium. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we've. Uh, I'm sure we prepare and work our tail off to make sure that we don't have those mistakes. But when you get new guys in and you start shuffling the pieces and you got, you know, I call it live bullets, but when the pressure's on, um, that's kind of when you see what your worth is. And uh, we just, you know, we, we didn't make the plays that we needed to and we had some errors and, and, and it cost us. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you talked about the offensive line, um, you know, and the, the injuries were certainly piling up. Um, how much do you think the the O line has uh, impacted the performance, particularly as you think about these last couple of games? Well, if you go back to the the beginning of the season, we had a great outing with uh with with Chris running the ball really well, and we we went for over two hundred yards rushing and all that and all that good stuff. So we haven't been able to replicate that performance since. And uh, each week we've just been chipped away, chipped away at, at, at the injuries and. and offensive line in particular is just they've suffered a lot so uh i think that the new faces and having new guys in there uh, it's definitely messing with our chemistry a little bit and um but it's it's one of those things where the fans and and the critics don't care they just want results right so we've just got to go out and and uh, act like it, it doesn't bother us and just keep moving forward is it fair to say kind of a, from an assessment perspective you know cal might not have the most talent on the field when they line up against other teams, there's probably a handful of teams where they, where they do have that. Right. But you know, they, they might not always have the most talent on the team, but they're, they're going to, they're going to work hard. They're going to play smart uh, and they're going to play sound football. But if, if there's any errors, um, you know, kind of their margin for error is, is so slim uh, and it's tough to, uh, to overcome anything from a, a minor error, like a penalty like that, or a major error, like turnovers. Is, is that, I guess, a fair assessment for how you've seen, um, or really how things went for for Cal against Arizona State and Oregon? No doubt. I mean, um, again, th- those are two good football programs with uh, with great coaches and great players. Uh, I think on paper those guys get better recruits than we have in the past. And uh, so you're right. We're, we're going to have to go out there and play error-free football. And, and when you got mixing parts and, and new faces in there, um, you can expect to go out and succeed and have, have – uh, have all the success in the world, but at the same time, you have to be realistic that there's growing pains when you, when you switch up the, um, the, the roster. 
let's talk about the receivers for a second too. I know, you know, we talked, uh, uh, last, uh, last show and, and I know obviously you have a, a good rapport with Trey Clark and, uh, and he seems to be really kind of making a name for himself. Um, give me, give me some highlights or give me some, some good things that you saw from Trey Clark, uh, particularly against Oregon. Well, just, uh, you know, making big plays and giving us something to, to, to grasp onto and have hope, uh, Crawford has been injured, um, and I'm not sure when he'll be back. But it, it's it's really awesome to have a guy like Trayvon step in. Um, he wasn't a starter prior to to Crawford being injured, but he's come in, and we haven't missed a beat. So uh, prior, Crawford had been making a lot of big plays and been our been our guy as far as yards per catch. He was the one that uh, seemed to be separating from the rest of the pack. And and uh, with Trey coming in there, it's just it seems that we haven't missed a beat. And in fact, I think we've we've improved a little bit with our ability to stress the field. So. Uh, it's really it's exciting to see him go out there and, and contribute to the team. We need it right now, um, and you know I hope it continues because he's a great kid. He deserves it. And then what do we have to do to get Ramihio uh, more involved in the offense? I don't. Uh, he didn't get a ton of touches uh, against Oregon. Um, you know what do you think we need to do to, to rectify that and, and make sure that you know one of the, one of the better playmakers on offense actually has a chance to make plays. Absolutely. I think he's a, a spark for us. I think he's a guy that you've got to get him to ball at least three or four times uh, during a game, if not more, because uh, he's electric. Every time he's touched the ball this season, you can see a different type of spark and energy coming from him. And uh, you have to get him involved in order to get some momentum and get some, some, uh, yeah, to get some traction. So uh, I think we need to get him the ball in screen situations, uh, crossing patterns, getting him, getting him across the field or, or, uh, getting him some jet sweeps, something. But we've got to find a way to get him the ball because uh, I think him and, and, and Trayvon and, and, and Duncan, they, they can all do some things, but we also have to show our versatility in a time where we have a backup in so that we're not so predictable. Well, that, that capped off uh, you know a tough two-game stretch. So uh, as, as we sit here kind of midway point, uh, Cal's four and two and looking at a, a one and two conference record. So, so Jeff, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of pull back now and, and just kind of look out big picture and think about the, the first half of the year and kind of where we've been so far and, uh, and even look a little bit ahead to, um, you know, to, to the second half. So, you know, if you think about the, the Cal team this year versus last year, um, and, and so h- how things have gone, I mean, it certainly has been a dramatic shift. Um, they haven't really, you know, I, I know they had some, some tough games last year. Uh, they haven't been blown out at all. They've been in every game. I think they, they've had winnable games, but like we talked about, you know, there were certainly just some games that, uh, you know, that, that just margin for error was, was so small. Um, but I guess overall, let, let's start here. Big picture at four and two. Um, do you consider the first six games of the season to be a quote unquote success for Cal, knowing that obviously there's still a ton of football left and, you know these things are best judged at the end. Are you are you satisfied or pleased with the uh, with the four and two start thus far? I, I absolutely am. I think that uh, we have to be thankful for the start that we've had. Uh, we've overcome a lot of adversity, and a lot of people, you know, they just they count us out. Um, people they never really have faith that Cal is going to be one of those programs that'll be in the top of the pack. So uh, to be where we are, to be ranked, and to do all the things we've done, I think we've made tremendous progress. And um, I think Cal fans should be thankful where we're at. Uh, yes, we didn't get the last two victories. We lost though; those those games were, I think, it was a combined total of 17 points uh, total between Oregon and Arizona State, and those are two very good football programs. So um, defense has been doing their job. They've been doing an excellent job, and and given their injuries, uh, they've rallied together and and been able to to kind of just patch it up. And 
and not miss a beat. Uh, and I think offense has to to echo that, and and we have to match it and do the same thing on offense. So uh, if we do that, we'll be able to to continue to enjoy some victories this season and and, and have a great record. But it's it's really going to come down to error free football on both sides of the ball. What about Coach uh, Justin Wilcox? Obviously, you know the end of last season probably left a a bad taste in some folks' mouth. It seemed like, you know, where was the program heading? There's, you know, some sense that, you know, what was the momentum going forward? Um, and then you, you you fast forward to where we are now, um, you know, and, and the offense is obviously still a, a little bit um, to, to be uh, figured out. And obviously injuries play a large part. Um, you know, the defense has, has played well and has kind of held things together. Um, how would you assess Justin Wilcox's performance through the first six games as the head coach? I think he's done a phenomenal job and uh, he knows the ins and outs of this program better than anybody could. He was here during the glory years when we were winning um, and he's been here to, to help rebuild this thing. So uh, if you listen to his press conferences and the things that he says, um, he's doing all the right things, saying all the right things and, and holding everybody accountable. So um, we have to love that coach up and make sure that he's happy here because I don't want him to leave. If you had to think about the offense for a second, um, so just just midway points, um, who I guess who stood out to you? If you had to give a a mid season MVP, do you have any uh, any any nominees for who might take that award? I mean, uh, gosh, don't do this to me, but you know, like Chase Garbers is still. I've been a fan of him since the beginning of the season. I've been a, a fan of him up until now, and even last season, I was a fan. So. Uh, I love what he was doing prior to the injury and he gave us a lot of hope and, and excitement. And we haven't had that kind of hope and excitement out of the quarterback position in a long time. So, um, you know, I just, I give him a lot of credit and, and really proud of what he's done. He's, he's managed every game and done a good job at putting us in position to win. So it's uh, sad to say that that's the guy that I would, I would give the, you know, my first half of the season ball to, but because he's injured, but at the same time, um, a lot of the, the, the things that we've done well have, have come because of him. How about the running back tandem? Um, how would you assess so far uh, Dancy and Brown uh, and their performance uh, for, through the first six games? I love what they're doing. I think they've done a tremendous job at being a, a you know a good tandem, but at the same time, I think they've been hindered by the injuries and uh, no fault to them, but um, you know, they're kind of going to have to be, I don't I don't want to say they're going to be a secondary thought at this point, but with all those, Offensive line injuries, um, I'm not sure how well we'll be able to do uh, running the ball. And uh, the last two teams, again, we faced some really good teams the last couple of weeks. So uh, it might, it'll get a little bit easier for us to run the ball. And, and that'll also allow those guys more time to gel. So um, at the same time, I, I, I'm proud of what they've done. But at the same time, I'm not expecting them to, uh, to wow us with the numbers just based on what's happening with the O-line. All right, let's switch to the defense for a second. So uh, I think it's pretty obvious if we had to we had to say this, uh, you know, Evan Weaver probably gets that defensive MVP award. So so who's coming in second? <laughs> who's who would who would be your next man up from a, an MVP standpoint based on the the first uh, six games of the season on defense? Hold on, just a second. You gotta ask me that again. I was breaking up a little bit. Yeah, no problem. So Evan Weaver definitely gets the uh, the MVP on defense, right? Who comes in second? Who's uh, who's next man up for that award? Uh, I'd have to go with uh, somebody in the secondary, whether it was uh, Ashton Davis or, or Cameron, Cameron Bynum. Uh, Bynum has just done an excellent job. That <laughs> corner is one of the toughest positions in football, and he's he's 
definitely made it a little he made it look easy and uh and Ashton Davis battling injuries coming back and, and picking off Oregon's quarterback uh was super impressive they hadn't given up a pick yet so um between those two guys I, I go with either Ashton Davis or or Cameron Bynum sounds like your dog agreed with uh with Cameron Bynum it may be, you. maybe. I was so yeah. upset at her for breaking up our conversation. Yeah, she uh, seemed to be a big, uh, a big Cameron Bynum fan. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about injuries. So let, let me just run through, particularly on offense, just some of the injuries for those who know. So Chase Garbers is gone. Uh, we don't really know how long yet. Uh, Dancy uh, missed, a, missed a game. I think he missed the Oregon game. Chris Bown has played, but it hasn't really looked 100% for a while. Kakoa Crawford has missed uh, missed two in a row. Uh, Will Craig out for the season. Gentle Williams out for the season. Uh, Michael Saffel was uh, was carted off in the Oregon game, uh, and then even the the replacement left tackle Valentino DeSalto uh, was hurt, and, uh, and that's been the third time he's down this season. Uh, obviously, at some point, it's kind of like, hey, the this is just like bad luck or some sort of a just a, a run of of uh, just snake bitten, you know, um, of bad omens here. What does an offense do to try to overcome this? Or, you know, I, again, I know you're you're a Cal fan, but I also know you're a realist. Um, is it is it impossible to kind of think about how you keep it all together when you just list out all of the key players that have uh, that have been injured so far? Uh, you know, I I think the approach and how I would approach it would just try to be. You know, I don't want to be too simple where I'm predictable, but at the same time. Uh, you've got to simplify things so that these these young kids they're not uh, overwhelmed by the play calling more than they are the experience. There's the the the, play, the experience is going to be overwhelming by itself. Uh, we don't want to to you know compound those two and, and add on more pressure. So I would simplify the offense and and try to manage the game to where we let our defense, which is our strength, we let them continue to go out there and and, and give us opportunities to win the game and not try to do too much on offense. So what do you project, um, you know, if it sounds like Monster is going to have to play a, a, you know, significant number of the games moving forward, um, what do you think has to happen for, for him to be uh, able to, to pull out some victories? Um, I guess, what do you think he needs to do or what, what do you want to, what do you need to see out of him to, to feel comfortable that he can, you know, he can keep us in the win column um, to the back half of the season? I think the first thing we've got to do is eliminate turnovers, whether that's, you know, fumbles, strip fumbles or uh, interceptions. The first thing we have to do is, is eliminate any type of turnovers. And, uh, you know, basically I think that, that we've got to, as an offense, the offensive coordinator, uh, quarterback coaches, we've all got to do our part in making sure that we don't put him in a position to, to fail. And that might require extra work, extra time. And, and uh, extra dedication and making sure we're calling the right plays and, and doing things of that nature. So, you know, this is uh, I guess this is why they get paid the big bucks, right? The, the, the coordinators have, have, they have to do a good job at uh, monitoring what plays he runs and, and the ones that he's capable of running. Well, you, you brought it up. So you brought up the coordinators. Um, I was going to go here anyway, so it's not like it's all your fault, but um, <laughs> you, you're in the, you're in the media now. Uh, we're, we're on a podcast. People want to hear opinions. They, you know, they want to hear hot takes, right? All that stuff. Um, what, uh, what do you think about what Bo Baldwin needs to do in sort of the second half of this season? Obviously the, the offense last year was, was under a lot of scrutiny. Now it, it certainly could and should be pointed out that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the players, uh, particularly some of the, some of the, you know, the, the guys that 
you know, probably he was going to rely on coming into the season. Haven't really been healthy. Um, but again, you know, heat, heat will be on, um, particularly as the season goes on. Um, I guess, what do you think Bo Baldwin needs to do um, second half of the season? And I guess how much concern would you have if you were Bo Baldwin's agent in terms of what, uh, what the second half of the season might mean for him long-term? If, well, I'll go right to his agent. If I were his agent, I'd be, um, I'd be concerned. And not because he's not doing a good job. It's just, he's, he's, you know, Cal has been unlucky with injuries. He's also been unlucky as a coordinator because he has to deal with these injuries. So, um, and he was on the hot seat last year. A lot of people wanted his head. They wanted him gone. Um, Coach Wilcox uh, retained him and, and has given him an opportunity to continue to do what we need to do. And uh, I thought when when all was well, when we had a great offensive line and we had a great, you know, everything was going well. I thought he was doing a great job. Um, and unfortunately, he's been hit with these with, with this adversity, just as our team has. So, um, you know, what does he need to do for the rest of the season? He has to, to adapt and you know, make sure that he doesn't put this kid monster in a position to, to hurt us. And that, that's just, that's really difficult. It's a tall task for him, but um, again, this is why you get paid the big bucks and, and um, he has an opportunity in front of him to go out and, and steer the ship in the right direction. So while he has adversity, he also has an opportunity to prove his worth. So I think uh, for him, he has to challenge himself to, to put our, put our kids in the best situation to win. All right, so six games on the calendar left. Let me just kind of read through them quickly for you. So uh, Oregon State uh, at home, uh, then at Utah, back home for Washington State, back home for USC, and then the last two games of the year closing out at Stanford and at UCLA. So six games left. Out of those games, how many wins do you see left on the schedule? Personally, I think all of, all of them are winnable games. Um it literally, it's just going to come down to to how quickly we can gel, and uh, you just hope and pray that some of these guys mir- miraculously uh, get healthy. We're going to need all of our guys, and anybody that can get healthy and come back and contribute is going to it's going to help us for sure. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I feel about that. Yeah, I, mean, I see at least four winnable games. Just looking at it right now, right? So. Stanford obviously is a, is a shell of itself this year. UCLA, I mean, who knows what you're going to get from the fighting Chip Kellys. You're either going to get what they've done for most of the season or that, that miraculous half they had against Washington State. Uh, USC seems to be up and down. They're pretty talented. Sounds like Keaton Slovis is going to come back and play, but um, you know, maybe that's not even the right quarterback to play. They have had some pretty good success. Washington State is a, is a sieve on defense. Um, I think Tracy Clay is their D coordinator, just left or quote unquote resigned. Um, and then Oregon state obviously isn't a world beater. The contest against Utah, um, you know, at Utah certainly could be a challenge. Um, so I think there's at least four winnable games on, on the schedule the rest of the year. So by, by either one of our maths, that would make them either, uh, either eight and four or by your math, I guess, maybe even, even 10 and two. Um, do you think, you know, thinking about what Cal has been through in the last couple of seasons, would either of those records, eight and four, uh, nine and three, 10 and two, um, that would be considered a, a positive season for Cal, yes? Are you kidding me? That would be amazing. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get excited about, oh my God, we can we can end up one of, with one of those records. I more so want to say, let's let's go out and make that happen. Like we're in control of our own destiny. We have a great defense. Um, we're going to get guys back. So 
it's, it's, you know, it's, I think that we have to be more so aggressive instead of being happy to be in this situation, we have to be assertive and aggressive to say, we're going to go out and create this. And I know that's what the coaches are saying, but um, hopefully the players mimic that. Well, that's okay. I mean, so two more wins and and they're bowl eligible, um, you know, and, and obviously that's a, you know, well, there are a ton of bowls and, and uh, you know, a lot of teams get to bowls, uh, you know, obviously that's always a mark of a, of a team at this point. Um, do you see any, um, any chance for them to, uh, to potentially win um, the, the pack 12 um, at least win their side of the division? I know it's a, it's going to be tough right now sitting at one and two, but do you think there's any hopes left of at least winning that side of the division? There has to be. And we only have two losses at this point. And uh, if we go out and continue to win and just, you know, it's kind of like one of those things what I used to tell my kids when they get in a situation academically is, um, you know, how do you eat an elephant? And you got to eat it piece by piece and part by part. You can't eat the whole thing. So if we just chip away and, and continue to, to, to progress and, and learn how to win with Monster, um, we can go out and, and have an impressive record and something we can build on and get great recruits to come in and help this program out. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't look too far ahead if I was – either Cal's staff uh, coaching wise, or if I was on the team, I wouldn't look far ahead. I would just try to work on each week and just make sure we maximize on that week. And they're currently sitting fourth in the North division. So Oregon's two and own conference, Stanford's two and two, Oregon state one and one, and then Cal's one and two tied with, uh, with the Huskies. So uh, certainly, you know, they, they play Cal, uh, they play, I'm sorry, they play Oregon state, they play Stanford in front of them. So there's certainly some move to move up. Obviously Oregon, you know, could be a, could be a challenge kind of going forward in the season. So, um, well, I can overall, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you had to put a sort of a, a bow on this conversation, I think it would be, the, the one thing, if, if you wanted to, you know, really kind of look at the season and, and put it in perspective, what I would say is Cal's been competitive in every game. And, uh, you know, save for a couple of, uh, of turnovers here and there. I mean, they, they are a couple of bounces away from from, you know, being, you know, five and one, even six and oh. Um, so as I grade out the first half of the year, you know, if I was I would give them a B plus. I think they've been in every game. They fought hard in every game. And uh Look, as a, as a fan of a team, uh, right? And and you know you can you can speak on this as even a, as a player, Jeff. As a fan of the team, that's really all you want, right? You want to know your team's going to go out and compete um, each and every game, and uh, and you want you want to know they're going to be in each and every game. And I think if you're a Cal fan sitting here through six contests, I think you have to feel pretty good about where you stand on both those two points. No doubt, and um, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like. It's, it's easy to go out and, and say, like, you know, we should be this or we should that, but we should also be thankful because uh, this is a situation where a lot of teams aren't in. There's people that have a bunch of losses and, and they haven't been involved in games. They've had blowouts and, and we haven't suffered that or, at all. And again, the last two two losses we've had, there's a combined uh, 17 points that we've lost by. Lost by. So uh, we do have a chance to win every, every game and, and there's a lot to be thankful for and, and we just got to keep preparing and and really just drown out the noise and keep doing what we've been doing. Well, something I'm thankful for, Jeff, is uh, is your commentary each and every week, and uh, thankful for all the good folks out there who uh, who listen to the show and who uh, take some time to uh, uh, to follow us. Uh, again, you can find us on all your major podca- podcast platforms. That's Believe in Cal, which is found on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow the show at Believe in Cal on Twitter. You can follow Jeff at Coach MacArthur Six on Twitter as well. Um, you know, hit us up, give us some messages, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, we certainly want to make sure that we have a chance to uh, to integrate you, the fan, into the show. 
Um, and uh, if you got questions for Jeff, I mean, look, no one knows Cal football better than this guy. So um, whatever questions you have, uh, make sure you, you hit us up, leave us a note and, uh, and we'll be, uh, we'll be sure to get to him, Jeff, but uh, it's been a, it's been a fun uh, first half of the season. Um, you know, enjoy the bye week this week. And uh, we got six more after that, six big ones. And, uh, and when all said and done, I think we're shaping up to have a good season. So uh, make sure you stick with us here on the, on the Believe in Cal podcast. We'll be back uh, each and every week to, to let you know what's going on, man. But uh, until then, Jeff, man, enjoy your bye week. You got any, uh, you got any big bye week plans? You get a Saturday off from, uh, from watching college football. What are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully I'll be celebrating uh, after we, we get a victory of this homecoming. Uh, at St. Monica, we're playing St. Bernard's High School, and that's a big matchup for us. So we're undefeated on the season. If I'm not worried about Cal football, I'm definitely worried about St. Monica football. So uh, looking forward to a big matchup this Friday, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to watch some some college football um, and just relax and, and kick my feet up a little bit, not have to stress about the Cal situation. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, we wish you good vibes here this uh, this upcoming week, and uh, and uh, we'll be rooting you on to, on to victory. But uh, until then, Jeff, I guess we'll uh, we'll talk again soon, man. Go Bears! Hey, appreciate you. Go Bears, Adam. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.